Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the most entertaining fantasy football podcast on the planet. That's right. It's Fourth and Troll. We're back for episode three. It's going to be a great show. My name is Noah Selby. And I'm Wes Selby. And like I just said, we have a great show today. We have a ton of fun stuff in store. We're going to help you win your leagues today. I promise you. But first things first, Wes, how's it going? I'm great. It's extremely hot outside, but we've had the AC on, feeling good, and that means it's football time. The end of summer, it is time for fall. I am pumped. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm ready for Carrie to serenade me on a Sunday night. Oh, yeah. It's going to be great. I'm so excited. Why the, by the time this airs, we will be less than a week away from NFL kickoff. We made Let's it. We're here. And we've got, and by the time this airs, well, no, hang on. By the yep. time NFL kickoff happens, you'll have another episode of fourth and troll in your system, by the way. That's right. It's going to be awesome. We have a great show today. We're going to be doing a live mock draft on this episode. We are going through, we have randomized our draft picks. We are going through and doing a live mock draft. You're going to hear our picks, our thoughts, our analysis. We're also going to be going over some of the best values in drafts this year. Also, little secret for you. Uh We're going to be going over some busts for the season. Guys that we think are going to absolutely crap the bed and... Don't draft them because it's you'll, – you'll, we'll tell you why. We'll tell you why. But before we jump into that, Wes, what's going on in the NFL? Oh, well, the NFL had to do their roster cuts on Tuesday. They had to bring all of their teams down to 53 men. We want to point out one team in particular, the Houston Texans, most notably. They cut Marlon Mack from their team, which means – Yeah, they did. Damien Pierce, baby, or as we're calling him, Damien Fierce. I've heard that nickname sneak in through. He's supposed to be probably a solid three down back. Noah, I got to give you props. You were calling Damien Pierce was going to be a superstar for the Texans during maybe like July or something, June, sometime way back. I was. I I know last episode I said it was back in April at the draft. It was not April. It was June 7th. I went back and found the text. But it was June 7th. I texted you, and I said, two guys I have my eye on, Damian Pierce. One was one of them. Uh, And I went ahead and called my shot back in June. I was right. I'm hyped. I cannot wait for Damian Pierce. My projection is that he is going to have potentially like a James Robinson rookie-type year where he's just a workhorse, but on a, on a crap team pretty much, but he's getting a ton of work. And this release of Marlon Mack was a surprise because I think all of us were kind of waiting on like, Oh, this is going to be a tough time to juggle because Marlon Mack's probably going to get work. He's probably going to eat into the, into the workload and stuff like that. He's probably going to take up some, some touches, some carries. Nope. It's Damian Pierce season. And I'm hyped. I am so excited to see because he, especially he is a pretty good value for this fantasy draft. Mm-hmm. So I think he is going to be an excellent pick uh, for any fantasy teams that still have to draft. Also, if anyone remembers last season, Marlon Mack actually requested a trade with the Indianapolis Colts because Jonathan Taylor was exploding. So the fact that the Texans are just saying, not even Marlon Mack, we're going to sit with Damian Pierce. That is pretty big news. Yeah. So also moving on to the Miami Dolphins, wide receiver Jalen Waddell finally returned to practice Tuesday as a limited participant after not practicing since August 16th. Now, Coach Mike Mike McDaniel has gone on record to say he is very, very, very confident. That is three varies quoting that Waddell will be available for week one versus the Patriots. I actually have him in one league, so I'm relieved to know that he is going to be starting because Tyree Kill is on that team. Jalen Waddle is going to need as much as he can get on that field, especially with the competition that Waddle or that uh, Tyree Kill has, and to his confidence as well. Yeah, I'm. I'm just. This is nothing but good news. It's very exciting for fantasy managers, for Dolphins fans, for everyone in the fantasy world. Um, unless you're let's say playing Jalen Waddle week one. Uh, and you were kind of right. hoping that he wasn't going to come through and they would ease him in. He would maybe come back week two or three. Nope. Very, very, very confident. Very times three, very to the third power. 
Mike McDaniel <laughs> is very confident. Jalen Waddle will be back for week one. I'm excited. I can't wait. Uh, it, this offense is going to be awesome. I cannot wait. The speed on this offense is crazy. Yeah. I'm so excited for it. They should be great. Their offense should be a great fantasy value. Speaking of wide receivers, Jalen Rager has been traded to the Minnesota Vikings in exchange for a 2023 seventh round pick and a conditional 2024 fourth round pick. He was a first round pick a couple of years ago. And the Vikings actually have, there's documentation and video of the Vikings laughing when they took him. And the fact that he's not with the Vikings is very fascinating. Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. I mean, what does this look like for Jalen Rager's potential in fantasy this season? Noah? Yeah, the irony is hilarious. I think we've all seen the video. If you haven't, look it up. It's very funny. It was it was back in like the COVID, uh, the heat of COVID. And so uh, the draft was happening, you know, from everyone's houses and they just have these webcams on and Mike Zimmer, you can see like the top part of his head and like that's it. And it's it's so funny for them to be sitting there and the Eagles are on the clock and they're thinking, oh, they're going to go receiver. Maybe we go safety then. I don't know. And they go and Jalen Rager is announced and they all just start laughing. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they're like, oh, wow. Yeah. Get Justin Jefferson on the phone. Here we go. Um, I don't think it means much for fantasy. I, I don't, I'm not worried about Jalen Rager eating into Justin Jefferson's opportunities. I'm no also way. not worried about Jalen Rager needing to be fantasy relevant. I don't think he will be Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. I would say Irv Smith Jr. is ahead of him on the receiving block. I would say uh, even Delvin Cook, maybe a, a more, a higher, like finished more targets this season. I'm not too worried about Jalen Rager. Even if he gets thrown the ball, he's shown he can't really catch it. So it's, uh, it's, not, a, it's not a big deal for me. And uh, I'm not too worried about it. So Yeah. I, I think we're just pointing that out because it was a pretty significant trade, especially being a former first round pick. Uh, and just a side note, Dalvin Cook is actually lined up in the wide receiver position on a few formations. So it is legitimately possible that Dalvin Cook has more targets or at least equal targets to Jalen Rager. Last but not least, Russell Wilson reached an extension contract that totals in total to $296 million for the next seven years with mm -hmm. the Denver Broncos. He must have done a lot to impress them. We know he's great, but wow, that is huge for the Broncos. Broncos country, let us ride. <laughs> Are we ready for Russell Wilson? I'm going to point this out real quick. Are we ready for Russell Wilson to be on the Broncos until he is the age of 40? Apparently. Because that's what this contract extension does. He hasn't played a snap for them yet. And he, we know Russell Wilson. He's a Hall of Famer, no doubt. He's a Hall right. of Famer. He's a fantastic quarterback. He hasn't played a snap for the team. They're like, ready for your 40th birthday party to be with all these guys? Awesome. <laughs> Go ahead. Here's what He's a bucket load of money for it, too. Yeah. So – I, listen, I don't blame him. I think it's I, lock him up for as long as you can. I get it. He's he's a fantastic quarterback. I'm sure. I, I'll say this: over the next seven years, I think the Broncos probably win a Super Bowl. So I think it's probably going to be worth it for him if this offense wow. keeps going the way it does. I mean, if this offense keeps going the way it doesn't, and they just keep adding talent and they keep adding talent through the draft or through free agency stuff like that, they'll figure it out. They're it's a new ownership group. They're excited. They're hungry. I think, I think, yeah, I think they, they wouldn't have done this unless they thought, hey, I think we have a legitimate shot here at, at reaching the Super Bowl and becoming a Super Bowl champion and having a Super Bowl parade in Denver. And so, yeah, I, I mean, not much fantasy relevance unless you were hinging your confidence in Russell Wilson doing well in the Broncos based on whether or not they wanted to have him until he was 40 years old. But if you were, <laughs> congrats. Go on, right. on him. You're, there you go. You Pretty nailed answered. it. You're, you're ready. So, yeah, I mean, not much else to say about it besides that, but it's, it's, it's just big news broken in the NFL. This morning, I woke up to it this morning. It was like 6 a.m. over here in Arizona, and I was like, oh, yeah, some interesting. And, and they're in the same time zone as us, which is really interesting for it to be like 6 a.m., we're ready, Schefter, say it. Yeah. And then they're like, there we go, there you go. you're ready. <laughs> so anyways, if, yeah. Yeah, if anything, this should give confidence to people who are trying to draft Russell Wilson. You see how high he is in our QB ranking, so should be good news for Broncos fans. Well, that's it for the news, and now we are going to jump into our best values and biggest busts for this season. Let's kick things off right away. Noah, 
walk us through who is your best value for this 2022 season for drafts that are coming up, people who have yet to draft. I am happy to tell you. And actually, this may be applicable information, even if you have drafted so far. This guy may, there's a shot, he may still be on your waiver wire. You may still be able to pick this guy up if your league mates didn't pick him up. But my best value for this season, it's a quarterback, and it's Kirk Cousins, quarterback of the Minnesota Let's Vikings. Go. Let's go. You I like that? It. You like that. Kirk Cousins, baby. <laughs> Great Let's reference. go. Let's go. Uh, so I'm going to break this down for you a little bit, why I think he's my best value. He's a, one of the best values, especially at such an important position. Before last season, Matthew Stafford, and yes, I did say Matthew Stafford. Mm-hmm. Bear with me here. Okay. Matthew Stafford had only broken the top seven in scoring amongst fantasy football quarterbacks once in his 13-year career. Last season, after being traded to the Los Angeles Rams, he finishes QB6. Kirk Cousins now has a new head coach that was Matthew Stafford's offensive coordinator last year in Los Angeles, Kevin O'Connell. Now that Kevin O'Connell is the head coach of the Vikings, I think there's a chance we see Kirk Cousins' full potential unlocked. Now, Kirk Cousins is one of just six quarterbacks that have thrown upwards of 30 touchdown passes over the last two seasons, over each of the last two seasons. One of just six guys that have done that. He's in that category with Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and Justin Herbert. Good company. Elite company right there. So with a stacked offense around him, a new offensive-minded head coach, I think it's very much in the realm of possibility that we see Kirk Cousins as a top 10 quarterback this season. I know you mentioned it in episode one. It was a fun, it was a it was a fun little, oh, maybe that happens. Oh, oh. And then I looked <laughs> into it and I went, oh, yeah, this could this really could unlock his potential. He's currently being drafted as the quarterback 15. He's one of my top values at a super important position in fantasy football, and you can get him in the 12th round or later in your fantasy football drafts. He's going to be paired up. There's, like I said, stacked offense around him. Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Irv Smith Jr., Tomlin Cook, now Jalen Rager. I mean, yeah, come, baby. come on, come on. <laughs> Kirk Cousins, great value in this year's draft. I'm, I'm super excited to watch him play football. He, he's on a one-year deal. They brought him back on a one-year deal. It's, it's kind of a make or break. So I, I, I think he's going to go out there and ball out. I'm excited for Kirk Cousins. I think there's nothing more that I can add to you, to your point with Kirk Cousins being a great value, because I also, as I've said, as you pointed out, think he has a top 10 potential. Justin Jefferson alone, I think, is a reason to get Kirk Cousins. But Mm -hmm. as you stated, Kevin O'Connell and what he did with Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup last season, I think there's going to be some similarities with Kirk and JJ in Minnesota. I'm I'm (laughs) – Nothing more to add, dude. You are, I, I love it. Kirk Cousins is a fantastic option, especially if you don't want to spend that fifth, sixth, maybe even seventh round pick for a great quarterback as well. Kirk Cousins is right there. Great yeah, value. 100% yeah, you're, agree. You're able to load up on some great talent earlier in the draft. And and if, you're, if your quarterback is Kirk Cousins, he may not have, you know, the elite ceiling that's like, a, that's like, Oh, any given week, he could go for 40 points. Maybe not, but I mean, you can lock him in for 20 plus probably every week this year It is what I'm thinking and, and what I'm projecting for him. And so that is my uh, best value for this year in fantasy football. Great quarterback, great opportunity to get him at a great price. That's my best value. Wes, shooting over to you, who is your best value for this year in fantasy football? My best value this season is going to be running back Elijah Mitchell for the San Francisco 49ers. Mm-hmm. Now, he had a little bit of an injury plague last season, and that's why he has fallen down into the ADP. But I want to kind of provide some of the stats of what he did last season. He played 11 games. On average, he had 15 points per game. He had, on average, 19 carries per game. And in nearly half of those 11 games, five of the 11 games, he had over a hundred rushing yards. And in just 11 games, he had almost a thousand yards rushing. His ADP is roughly 70 overall in the running back rankings. He is RB 24. He is behind Clyde Edwards, and Josh Jacobs 
for running backs in where yeah exactly so here's the deal running backs are extremely valuable especially after the second or third round because if you've done any mock drafts which you should by now because it's coming up so (laughs) unless you've already drafted of course but this is the point here he is as rb24 off the board second third round running backs are flying off the shelves. I mean, they are gone. And if you don't get a good running back, then it's really hard. Now I'm someone who believes that you should definitely have three starters unless you have three starting running backs, unless you just have like the greatest wide receivers on your team. You know, it's just, that's the kind of balance and depth that we want to try to encourage, especially as we're going to do a a live mock draft in a little bit. Another point for the 49ers, they, when they did their roster cuts, they now have counting their fullback, Kyle Juszczyk, six running backs. Wow. And four tight ends. That is more than they have wide receivers on their team. They, they have stacking the box a little bit, maybe. Yeah, probably. They're probably maybe. gonna have like four tight ends just lined up to get to hand just the ball. Just a four lock. tight end set. Plus, on top of this, Trey Lance is a mobile quarterback. And on top of this, Debo Samuel is what's called a wide back, using his terminology. The Niners are going to run the ball a lot. So, as mentioned before, 19 carries on average. If you want your third running back, Elijah Mitchell there in the sixth, seventh round, maybe even eight. It's possible he drops out of the eighth round. There's a guy that I think is going to be a great value and you don't have to worry about injuries as much because he's not your top running back on your team. So Elijah Mitchell for me, I think is a great value, especially with his potential provided his injuries aren't too bad going forward. Yeah. You make a great point there about not having to worry about injuries. Cause I think that could be a big hesitation for a lot of people who are drafting and looking at him on the board there and sitting there and going, Oh, I don't know. Do I take do I take him there or do I reach on a quarterback or what do I do here? I think that's a great point to make is that he he isn't going to probably be your top guy unless you're going like a full like maybe like a zero RB strategy in your draft. And so if you're sitting there, you're looking at him there and he can be your third running back and you're thinking, oh, he might not play all 16. He might only play 12 or 13. That's fine. He's going to slot into your flex anyways. Yeah. As long as he's available for the bye week of whoever your starting running back is, you're good. And so that's a great point you make there. Elijah Mitchell, not much complaints there, especially a guy who does get, I I didn't even realize he averaged 15 points per game. That is, you can get that. I mean, I take that in my flex every single day. Yeah. I take that in my flex every day. And so I, you've opened my eyes a little bit, Wes. I am, I'm a little bit more excited about Elijah Mitchell than I have been in the past. I, I too have been one of those people who's gone injuries. Also Shanahan kind of just, I feel like Shanahan's running back just changes a lot, but Mm -hmm. I think they have found something in Elijah Mitchell, especially given that today, or maybe not today, I believe it was yesterday, Trey Sermon got waived from the team. That's right. Yeah. Trey Sermon got waived. Like Trey Sermon is not on the, even on the team anymore. This guy that they took this rookie running back, they took ahead of Elijah Mitchell in drafts in the NFL draft last year. They spent a higher pick on him. And they, after one year, they said, nah, we're good. And they kept around this guy who I believe was drafted in the seventh round. And, and so that's telling, that's telling of what our plans for him. Um, and so I do think Elijah Mitchell is a, now a, for me in my eyes, a much greater value, especially everything that you just said. So I am on board there with Elijah Mitchell being a great value in drafts this year. I love it. Especially, I think someone like Elijah Mitchell later on in the draft gives you a chance, a little more comfort to take maybe a, a top tier tight end like Mark Andrews or Travis Kelsey or to get a second receiver right away in that third or fourth round. Yeah. Well, let's move on to what Noah and I are very excited about. We so want to excited. talk about the biggest busts of 2022. Noah, let's hear it. Tell me. Who's the biggest flop, the biggest bust, the biggest disappointment? I'm so excited to share (laughs) this with you. When we were were planning this show, this episode, originally my bust pick was going to be Brees Hall, the running back for the New York Jets. I sent a text um, and I said, my bust is going to be, my value is going to be Kirk Cousins. My bust is going to be Brees Hall. 
And then immediately after I sent that text, I opened up my phone and went on TikTok. And the first TikTok I saw was someone arguing that this wide receiver who is going close to wide receiver 15, there's an argument that they should be going closer to wide receiver 10. And it infuriated me enough to the point where I literally went back to the text thread and said, scratch all of that. My bust for this year is Deontay Johnson. Oh, man. Let me tell you. Okay, let me start out. First off, before I get going, let me start out with this. I love Deontay Johnson. He has been a fantasy stud for me over the last two years. I've had him on my team each of the last two years. Last year, I had a trade for him. Two years ago, I drafted him. It was great. Two years ago, I think if we all own any Deontay Johnson owners from two years ago, dealt with a little bit of heartbreak for some drops. We had to ease back into things last year. He earned our earned our love and trust back last year. I love him. He's a great human. Love the guy. But things have changed. Times have changed. And people have changed. Deontay Johnson had the second most targets per game over the last two seasons. In fact, over the last two seasons, he only had seven games with less than 10 targets. He was targeted in the double digits all but seven times over the last two seasons. If we go back to 2019, when someone not named Ben Roethlisberger was playing quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers, you may be asking, Noah, why are you taking us back here? Let me tell you, that stat I just told you about, about him having double-digit targets over the la- uh, all but seven games over the last two seasons, the last two seasons was when Ben Roethlisberger was healthy. So let's go back to 2019, where someone named Ben Roethlisberger was not the quarterback. Deontay Johnson did not have a single game with double-digit targets that year. Only five times that year did Deontay Johnson finish with over 11 fantasy points. He finished the season as wide receiver 39. Yikes. Only five times did he score more than 11 fantasy points. That's close to 10, by the way, which is close to single digits. <laughs> Thank you for Just in case you didn't know, <laughs> I have the numbers. And I'm good at them. So there they are. The argument for DeAndre Johnson this season is, well, you can't get much worse at quarterback than Ben Roethlisberger last year, right? That's exactly right. And they're up. I would say they're upgrading at quarterback, but an upgrade at quarterback is a downgrade for Deontay Johnson's fantasy production. He will not see the targets this year that he was seeing over the last two seasons. Ben Roethlisberger hyper-targeted this man. He and, and I get it. Ben was a little bit older. He had a favorite target that he trusted. He wanted the team to do well. He threw the ball to this guy. I get it. He had a Deontay Johnson had a 29% target share over this past season. 29%. That is massive. That is huge. He will not have that. Again, there are too many mounts to feed. In Pittsburgh, you have the uh, the man himself, Deontay Johnson. You have Chase Claypool. You have George Pickens. You have Pat Fryermuth. You have Najee Harris out of the backfield. He will not produce how you guys are hoping to. Please listen to me. I am trying to win you guys your fantasy leagues. Please listen. He will not return on the wide receiver 17 draft position that you are taking him at in the fifth round. He will not return on that. He's going to be one of the biggest busts this year. And if you don't believe me or think I'm crazy, good. Take him off the board while I grab someone like Mike Williams or Cortland Sutton or Jalen Waddle, who are all going around him. Please take him away from me so so you can just take him and have him. He will not return on where you are drafting him this year. He is going to be one of the biggest busts. I promise you, please listen. I am trying to help you win your fantasy league. Please listen to me. Deontay Johnson, one of the biggest busts this season. I was trying so hard not to like cheer and laugh because you were beautifully <laughs> passionate. And I wanted to give you clear space so that that could be clip segment and we can refer back to this I need at to least halfway. <laughs> I love it. Oh, I, wow. I, yeah, um, I just, 
Mm-hmm. I think you you have a very fascinating point because we talked about it a little bit with Najee Harris last time. PPR was what we felt like was Najee Harris's excuse to make top five. But when right. you take away his PPR value, he's still finished in the top five as a standard running back. The but- hyper-targeting that Deontay Johnson had from Big it- Ben is going to sincerely lose significant value for Deontay Johnson. I like him. He's wide receiver one, but in the fifth round, just as you said, there are people that I think have a really, really good shot to be top 15 in their positions. Yeah. All right. I I, I think I started sweating a little bit right there. That was a lot. (laughs) I just, it's hard for me to talk down on him because I love him so much. He's, he's such a great guy. He posts Bible verses on his Instagram story. He's a Uh, great man. Don't draft him. He's going (laughs) to suck. He's going to suck. I promise. Okay. Okay. I I need to stop talking about him or else I'm going to start sweating more. So Uh Wes, Let's move on to your bust for the 2022 fantasy football season. Tell me, who is it? All right, Space Rangers, listen up. (laughs) I've got the biggest bust of 2022 for you. DK Metcalf will be the biggest bust for two reasons. Number one, the Seahawks will have a worse offense all around. Number two, wide receivers that signed contract extensions for multiple years statistically do worse the next season. Let's start with the first point here. So anyone who's reading into the fact that Geno Smith threw five touchdowns in four games to DK while Russ was out with an injury is far too optimistic about a quarterback that we know is statistically and athletically worse than Russell Wilson one, I don't need to go through the stats. We know this. It's very evident that Gina was not as good as Russell Wilson. Even if Drew Locke ends up, it's not Russell Wilson. Okay? I'm hinging on the quarterback just as you are with Deontay Johnson. Now, this offensive line finished last season as a 25th ranked O-line. Okay? What's happened since then? This offseason, they have lost two of those starters from one of the worst offensive lines last season, they're heading into this season as the 32nd ranked offensive line. There is no way Geno Smith is going to have the escapability that Russell Wilson is famous for. DK Metcalf is not going to have the time from the offensive line for Geno Smith to get that ball out. Now, that's the practical reason. We know Seahawks are not going to do as well. I did a little math, and I feel like season after season, wide receivers that sign these big contracts where they get big bags of money, it just feels like they kind of underwhelm in some ways. It feels like they didn't do as great, even though they got this big contract for a lot oh, of money. Oh, no. Oh, no. So I went through, for the podcast, I went through 10 years of wide receiver contract extensions. And here's what I found. Wide receivers that signed contract extensions for multiple years with their current team have a 60% chance to do worse the next season. Now, that's not super high, like 70 or 80%, where it feels almost guaranteed. But that's significantly more than 50%. That is 60% of the time they're going to do worse. That means they're likely to do worse. Now, I went a little specific And wide receivers that signed three-year contract extensions, just like DK Metcalf did, they have a 74% chance to do worse the next season. Now, that's high. That is significant. Now, how much worse will they do? On average, wide receivers that sign three-year extensions for multiple years, if they do worse... On average, they will do 26% worse the next season. What does that equate to? Mark my words. DK Metcalf will have less than 200 points, and he will finish below wide receiver 25. Mark my words. DK Metcalf, biggest bust of 2022. Wow. 
Wow. I like I, them apples. I too was holding back excitement and laughter and fun <laughs> because I am with you on this. I have DK Metcalf and, and I love that you called your shop there outside the top 25. I have DK Metcalf finishing the season as wide receiver 27. He is. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't like the outlook for DK, man. I just think it's, you know, I know I pointed out last episode, you know, I feel a little better it being Gino than drew lock. I still don't feel good. I don't feel good about him. If, you know, if he fell to the 13th round, I'd say, you know what? Let me take the shot. I'll be the guinea pig. Let's see. But I'm I'm fully with you. I fully back you. I fully support you. DK Metcalf is not going to pan out how you want him to this year. He is not going to be good. He is not going to be even okay. He's good. He's probably going to be bad. He's probably going to be really bad in fantasy this year. And yeah. I, yeah, I, uh, Wes, you are heard. I support you. Thank you. And I know people love him because he's a tall, big, muscular guy with a pacifier mouth guard, but he's not <laughs> going to do what you want him to do. They have a worse offensive line and statistically because of his contract, he's going to disappoint you. Them's the maths, baby. I'm done. It's, but, we're moving on. But have you seen his abs? I have. They're huge. I sure have. Yeah. That means he's going to be a great football player. His abs will make his offensive line better. <laughs> If he don't, maybe, maybe if he figures out to surgically remove them and donate one ab <laughs> each to them, one ab. Uh, yeah. Each so of they them. can all, they can all have a little more strength there. A little more push off the line, <laughs> a little more get low, get under the pads, get under the shoulders. Uh, no. Yeah. I'm with you. He is not going to be good. I am not excited about it. And I'm just, yeah, I'm ready to, you know, I think I just threw up in my mouth a little bit talking about him. So I'm ready to move on. Are you ready to move on? <laughs> I'm ready to move on. Sweet. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's that time. It is time for Fourth and Troll Fantasy's first ever live mock draft on the episode. Let's, Let's hear go. it. Let's hear it. I know Woo! you're all cheering and clapping and screaming in your workplaces, in your cars, on your drives to work. Keep those hands on the wheel. Don't veer off. That would suck. So, <laughs> all that being said, uh, we've adjusted the lineup a little bit for our draft this, uh, this episode, so there won't be any kickers or defenses because – those are pretty boring and they're just not super fun to take. And I know there are some leagues out there that don't even have carries and defenses on their line or in their lineup. And so what we're doing here, we're going to go 14 rounds. I am drafting with the sixth overall pick here. And Wes is drafting with the 10th overall pick here. So that being said, let's go ahead and start up here with the first ever fourth control fantasy live mock draft. The draft is now open. Here we go. Here we go. So off the board, right off the bat, is what you would expect. It's going to be those top four running backs there. It's going to be first actually here went Christian McCaffrey at 101, then Derrick Henry, and then Austin Eckler, and then Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor went fourth. Does it sound like anybody that you may have listened to recently talking about how Jonathan Mm. Taylor may not be RB1? Maybe so. Who knows? Then Justin Jefferson went off the board right after them. Sitting right here at six, I am looking here, and you guys know if you've been listening how much we value these running backs. I am going to go ahead right here and take the next best running back off the board that I have. I believe I have him as my RB4 on the season. He is named Dalvin Cook, and I'm going to go ahead and take him right here. Yeah, that's a great pick, especially I feel like he has the potential to go a little bit earlier. Um, and I like him a lot. And right after you were taken, then Cooper Cup went, uh, and then it was Najee Harris, Jamar Chase. And on the board here, I have my options for Joe Mixon, Devontae Adams, Stefan Diggs. Travis Kelsey is also right here, and that would be very interesting. But what I'm going to do is I think I'm going to – I think I have to go with a running back. And the reason is because I have the 10th of 10 teams, by the way, I have the last pick in this round, and by the time the third round comes, I don't like how many options I have for running back. So I'm going to stick with Joe Mixon. Even though he's not in my top 10, I want to make sure I have a good running back. So I took Joe Mixon, and I think – You're back-to-back, man. I am back-to-back. You're back-to-back. You're right here at the turn. So, yeah, yeah, you've got both these picks here. And I think then – because I have the next pick, I think I will quote reach for my preferred running back 
which would be Aaron Jones, who is roughly seven picks in this ranking after uh, where I'm picking. But I'm going to start with Joe Mixon and then Aaron Jones. Mm -hmm. I don't blame you. Great duo of running backs right there. Joe Mixon, Aaron Jones, both guys who should see great work this year. Joe Mixon, obviously the lead guy. Aaron Jones, maybe in a bit of a split, but I think he is going to be still a complete and total powerhouse of a running back. After you take those two guys, Alvin Kamara goes off the board. Travis Kelsey, who you were looking at as a little bit of an interesting pick there, goes off the board at 203. CeeDee Lamb goes off the board right after him. And I am on the clock here, and I'm looking at – Great players, I think. To Some pick from. great players right now. I, I'm I'm honestly in a position where I'm looking here and I'm going, I can't really believe this guy got back to me. And so yeah, wow. I'm going through here. I'm looking, and you know what? I could I could go off of where our ADP is at right here on on this mock draft platform we're looking at. But what I'm actually going to do is I'm going to defer to my rankings here and I'm going to go with my highest rated wide receiver right here. And I'm going to go ahead and take Stefan Diggs right here at the 205. I have him as my wide receiver three this season. I was picking between him and Devontae Adams. I couldn't believe Devontae Adams was still there, but he was. And so I, I, you know, it was a bit of a, a bit of a toss up there. I don't blame you either way you go, but I went ahead and went with Stefan Diggs. After that goes DeAndre Swift and then Devontae Adams. I can't believe somebody, this, this team here started out with Jonathan Taylor and got Devontae Adams in the second round. That is that crazy. Is awesome. <laughs> That's an awesome team. Uh, so I went Devontae Adams, then Nick Chubb, Tyreek Hill, Debo Samuel, and then Saquon Barkley, who I was hoping maybe would come back around to me. I'm a little bummed he didn't, but it's all good there. We see the first quarterback go off the board, Josh Allen. Javante Williamson goes off the board, and then Mike Evans to the Devontae Adams-Jonathan Taylor team. This is a stacked squad right here, man. It's a pretty good team. Right after wow. it goes Keenan Allen, and then it shoots back around to me. This right here is a no-brainer for me because I went wide receiver. I'm going to go ahead and take – the next best running back off the board, who just so happens to be my RB8 on the season. It is Leonard Fournette. I'm going to go ahead and grab him right here. It's a bit of a no-brainer for me. I'm going to go ahead and take him there. Yeah, you love Leonard Fournette, and I think there's a really good chance that he falls in the in the third. I actually have him one, in one league. He fell to the fourth, and I couldn't believe it. So my goodness. You see, if you see Leonard Fournette, and he's right there, I think you, with the chance – that he's going to have another solid season. I love that pick after Leonard Fournette, after you took Fournette, then it was Mark Andrews, Ezekiel Elliott, second QB off the board in the late third round, Patrick Mahomes. And then I will close out. And I have back-to-back picks, you know, as it will be for the rest of this. What are you thinking here? And you know, what's fun is that I, I was fun. It's not the, probably the right word, but I have an excuse to reach. You do because I have to get someone that is important to me. So what's great is that I actually really like the next two players in the ADP. Now I would not prefer to, I I've talked about AJ Brown. I, I was hoping that AJ Brown wouldn't be my wide receiver one in my lineup because I've seen him go a little bit later, but I will take AJ Brown as a wide receiver one. Sure. And then right after that, the next guy, the next highest ADP, I'm going to go get Kyle Pitts. So I'm going to start with two running backs, wide receiver and a tight end. And you talk about Kyle Pitts. He's going to – this is his year. He's finally going to have a great season lining up as a wide out. I'm taking Kyle Pitts. It is. That's what we're banking on there is that he is going to go ahead and find and do what we were hoping he would do last year, which is score a little bit more touchdowns than one uh, and still just be that – freakish athlete he is so athletic yeah and and he is in a primed opportunity in this offense to be a the potentially the the main offensive weapon that they use i don't hate the pick at all i i would dare say i even like it even though i'm a guy who doesn't really love to go tight end early i don't blame you there after kyle pitts went george kittle and then cam Akers, and then right after that was michael Pittman. i am back on the board oh, and i could not be happier <laughs> with how this draft is shaken up because i took my rb8 in the third round i'm going to go ahead and take my rb7 here in the fourth round which is james connor i'm going to stack up with three absolutely powerhouse 
running backs here and one of my top wide receivers. It's I'm super excited nice. about it. I'm so excited about James Conner this year. I, you know, he, he rushed last year for, um, I believe it was 17 or eight. I believe he had 17 or 18 touchdowns last year. Uh, and so the argument is, well, he's going to regress. He might miss a little time. He's not going to do the same thing. Great. Then my RB three will only score me 13 touchdowns. Bummer. <laughs> I, I'll take it. Yeah. You know, uh, right after James Conner went T Higgins and then Justin Herbert went off the board there at the four Oh seven Brees hall went here at the four Oh eight quite early there bus. for me. He was going to be my bust. Yeah. We got Jalen Waddle there after him, Terry McLaurin, Travis Etienne at the five Oh one. And then Deontay Johnson, who was my bust. I'm going to start sweating again. David Montgomery <laughs> right after him. Darren Waller going off the board here. And then DJ Moore. And I am back on the board. And well, 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 who do we have here? I am quite excited to be in this position. I know I took yeah. running backs early. I took a lot of guys early that I was, uh, you know, I, and so I did go wide receiver as well. But we're back here. I've got three super solid running backs. I'm super stoked about them. I'm going to go ahead and target my next highest wide receiver here, which is going to be Mike Williams of the Los Angeles chargers. I think he's in for a great year and I'm super excited about it. And I cannot yes. believe you're in the oh position you are in right now. Oh my gosh. Oh, I have to explain the draft. Okay. So after <laughs> Noah took Mike Williams, it was back to back quarterbacks. Joe Burrow went, then Lamar Jackson went, and then my biggest bust, DK Metcalf, went, which leaves me with Cortland Sutton, my wide receiver five on the year. I cannot I'm believe so how this happy. fell. Wow. That is awesome. So, hey, I'm going to take Cortland Sutton here. Go for in it. In the late fifth round. Now, with my next pick back-to-back, I'm going to be a man of my word because I just hyped him up as my best value. I'm going to, I should have three solid running backs on my team flex option. And I'm going to go ahead and take Elijah Mitchell, who is just a few slots down the 80. I think, as I mentioned, he's got great value. If he's injured, it's okay. If he's injured, I have Joe Mixon and Aaron Jones to take care of the running back position for me. So I'm going to take him real quick. I did a little stack check for you, Noah. You were spot on. James Connor had a total of 18 touchdowns, 15 on the ground, three on the air. So beautiful. The fact that you have that memorized is why we have a podcast. It is. So I took Elijah Mitchell. After Love that it. was another good sleeper option. Allen Robinson went. Then Brandon Cooks, who has had several consecutive 1,000-yard seasons. And then Josh Jacobs, the next running back after Elijah Mitchell. You are up, Noah. Sixth round. Who are you looking at? Yeah, I'm really annoyed right now. Brandon Cooks was way down in the ADP right there, and I was thinking I was going to go get a third wide receiver here to round out and balance out this offense. I love Brandon Cooks so much. He is yeah. so he is the <laughs> he's one of the least sexy names to draft in drafts, but he is always so good. He like four or five different teams he's played for, and he he goes for a thousand yards with each of these quarterbacks. He's so good. I was I'm, I'm pretty bummed right now that he is off the board. <laughs> um, but what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna go ahead and reach for who was going to be one of my my guys this season, a guy I'm super excited about, a guy that I think when I'm looking at the draft board right here, all but one of these next five teams, uh, yeah, so four out of these next five teams do not have tight ends yet. I'm going to go ahead and reach on my tight end just a few spots here just so I can get him because I'm super high on Dalton Schultz. I like Dalton Schultz a lot this yeah. year. I'm going to go ahead and get Dalton Schultz just so I can secure that position. It's really important in these drafts to go ahead and take a look at the the you know teams that are going to be picking between you look at them go okay do they have a quarterback do they have tight ends odds are if they do have a tight end they're not going to be taking a double tight end here that's why i felt pretty good looking at the back half of this draft going okay each of these four teams from between uh wes and then the three teams between they all have drafted their tight end so far i think dalton schultz gets back to me I'm going to take Dalton Schultz right here confidently. I'm excited about Dalton Schultz. That is a great point to emphasize the strategy of looking at other people's rosters so you know when to predict. Because in the draft I did recently, people panicked 
when three tight ends were taken in about the third or fourth round. And so tight ends just one after another it off was the board crazy. And so I think it's great to look in advance, prepare. Good thinking, Noah. I love it. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. So, you know, <laughs> we should do a podcast sometime. We should try that out. Might be pretty good. Could be good. I'm going to go ahead here. I'm doing a little bit of looking ahead again as well. I think we all know I love me some Tom Brady this year. He is sitting there projected to get back to me all but one team. And that's you Wes. So I'm saying it out loud. All but one team has taken a quarterback between when I will be when I will be picking again. So I'm going to wait on Tom Brady here and I'm going to go ahead and take a guy that I'm also very excited about this season. I feel great about having him as my wide receiver three. I'm going to take Rashad Bateman off the Uh, board there. I mean, I should have known you were going to do it, but. Yeah. I was just hoping. Yeah. Man. That's my guy, man. He's my guy. He is your guy. And I will, looking at who I have here on my board, I I, I feel like I'm in a little bit of a tough spot because it's just going to be some reaches, I feel like. I'm not crazy about a lot of these players, especially because I don't think I'm going to have a chance really to start them. But I will – do something a little interesting. Do it. Because I think there is a, a decent strategy in considering trade bait. And I think okay. it's an opportunity to not risk your balanced lineup, your starting lineup for who you can trade later. I think you can understand, just as Noah was saying, look at who people need. So in this situation, I'm going to take another tight end that I really like. And I'm going to take Dallas Goddard. And I think, and the chance that Kyle Pitts has something that goes wrong, Dallas Goddard is there as a great uh, tight end fantasy option. Plus, I think he's worth starting as a flex too. So I'm not, I don't feel like I'm giving up a lineup just for some standalone value there as well. Yeah, I think so. Now, some of these other guys, you know, DeAndre Hopkins is here with suspension. Is he worth taking I'm going to ask that question actually to you, Noah. Let me first take the guy. I'm going to do a little bit of a reach here for someone that I personally like, and I'm going to take Tony Pollard because I like his PPR value going forward. Mm -hmm. But I want to ask as we get to your pick, Noah, in your opinion, DeAndre Hopkins suspended six games. Do you like drafting him in the eighth round? I, I, I really do. He would be my wide receiver four if I were to take him right here. He is somebody that he won't have to be in a lineup. And I feel confident about other guys who will be in this lineup until he is available. And then once he's available, he is still a, an elite wide receiver in this league. You know, last year with fantasy, he burned some people. People weren't super happy with his production. I'm going to bet on the talent here. And this, this Arizona offense has done a lot of things this offseason to lead us to believe that they want to win football games. I think in order to do that, you got to involve DeAndre Hopkins. I think he is a top five wide receiver in the NFL. So I, I would be all over it. And, and if, you know, if for some reason, I know I'm going to take my guy, Tom Brady here, I'm going to take my quarterback here off the board, pair him up with Leonard Fournette. But if for some reason, DeAndre Hopkins were to come back around to me here, it's going to be a no brainer. I don't think he will, but he, you know, if he were to, it would be a no brainer. Right after Tom Brady went off the board, Cordero Patterson, Gabriel Davis, Darnell Mooney, Damian Harris, Russell Wilson, Broncos country, let's ride. <laughs> and then DeAndre Hopkins, who we were just talking about, went off the board. And then we had Drake London, Jalen Hurts, another quarterback off the board, Devontae Smith, Chase Edmonds. And then back to me, I was really hoping Chase Edmonds would get back around to me so I could just have a little bit more depth that I am confident in in this, in this lineup. I know I have three great guys, but I was really hoping he would get back around to me here. In order to do that, though, I think I'm going to go ahead and still give myself a little bit of depth that I feel pretty good about. So I am going to reach pretty heavily, and I'm going to take the man that I called my shot on, and I'm going to take Damian Pierce as my fourth running back off the board. I was worried you were, and so I, I wanted to lock yeah. him in there. I wanted to get him. I love him Golly. as a fourth guy in my backfield. And the ninth round, I think it's a great pick. I love it. 
I love it. I love it. Just after I took Damian Pierce and broke Wes's heart, Hunter yeah. Renfro off the board, and then a pair of Seattle running backs, Kenneth Walker and Rashad Penny, back-to-back off the board there. Good luck to anybody who's trying to figure out what's going to happen there. I don't feel <laughs> good about picking either of them. If I had to lean one way, I'd say Penny, just because I think he gets to start at the beginning of the year. And if he's doing well, which we've seen him do well when he's healthy, I don't think Pete Carroll takes that job away and says, hey, let's lose, you know? So, uh, so yeah, but then after those Seattle running backs off the board, Wes, you are back on the clock. Tell me what you're thinking right now. Well, I'm going to definitely need some more wide receivers because I still just have two. As much as I love Adrian Brown and Cortland Sutton, I still want to have some good depth. And Mm -hmm. I have been hearing a lot of good reports about someone that I don't think I have to worry about starting Uh, especially with having some good flex options here. And I'm going to take a shot for the start of week one, and I'm going to see how Brennan Ayuk does. Nice. He has been called the best pure receiver in the Niners offense, especially with Debo Samuel being a wide back. I think he has a great opportunity to have some decent volume and some big plays. And I'm going to go back-to-back with another wide receiver. And it's a little bit of a reach, but I feel very good about having someone like Christian Kirk on my team with how great he's been doing in preseason with that chemistry, he and Trevor Lawrence have been building. It's looking great. So we'll fly through these last few rounds here. We don't want to take up too much of your time, but Noah, you're on the clock middle of the 10th round. Who are you looking at? Um, I'm looking here at some of the guys that are sitting here and some of the guys who may still be around for me later on. And I think I'm just going to bolster up my running backs here. I like having, you know, five solid guys just in case something does happen. Um, and I think Melvin Gordon is being severely undervalued. I think Javante Williams, it still is going to be his show, but I think Melvin Gordon still has an opportunity to do fairly well and, you know, be a bi-week fill-in if you do need him to. And, you know, God forbid something does happen to Javante Williams. I think Melvin Gordon can push himself up to a low end RB one, value there with this new Denver Broncos offense. So I'm going to reach here and I'm going to take Melvin Gordon because he is a guy that I'm looking at that I like, and I want him on my team. So I'm going to take him. It's a good reason. You like him one on your team. Yeah. <laughs> I figured, I figured it was good enough, a good enough reason to go ahead and take him there. So I went ahead and did that. And it's going to swing back around to me here after some guys that I didn't really care about go off the board. Um, and so we're going to come back here. I do still only have, three wide receivers. So I'm going to take Mm. another guy. And it's funny because this is a bit of a flip side of a guy that I, you know, I just called Deontay Johnson a bust for that reason, a little bit. I'm, I'm a little high on chase Claypool because I think the ball gets spread around a little bit. So I'm going to take chase Claypool as my fourth wide receiver here. I think what's his name? Chase Claypool. Thank you. Chase Claypool has a great opportunity, especially for someone who, uh, called himself a top five wide receiver yep. not too long ago. So yeah. put him at the test, make him a man of his words. See how that turns out. Yeah. Well, I think I, I know where you're going here. Well, yes, probably. Now I, I will point out that um, I do not have a quarterback yet. You this is how late you can get Kirk Cousins. Cause I'm going to take Kirk Cousins mm. because this is, what we're talking about. You can have guys that you think are going to have great upside and that potential to have uh, more players in your flex option bench, you know, Kirk or Christian Kirk, Brandon, Ayuk, Tony Pollard, guys that have a decent shot to have some good games. You get Kirk cousins in the 12th round. I think that is a win. I'm going to do something a little, a little interesting. I know who you think I'm going to take, but I'm not going to take him. I am going to, have another running back because I have three running backs on my team. Yeah. I would love to have four running backs. Now I am torn between. You, you do have four running backs on your team, by the way. Oh, I do. I thought I had three. You've got, you've got Mixon, Jones, oh, Mitchell, Pollard. and Pollard. Mm-hmm. That's right. I have Pollard. Okay. I still like a running back though. And I still want Great. to have someone else. <laughs> I'm going to reach. I'm going to take Daryl Henderson actually. I have I think, heard some reports recently that the, that there may be a bit more of a split than people think. Yeah. So I, 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 I like it. I'm with you. And Cam Akers is still has an injury that's lingering. So I think there's a really good shot. Henderson is going to probably start out the season doing pretty well. So, yeah. I think all right, Noah, I'm going to go ahead here. here I'm going to go ahead here and 
take a guy that is the reason I felt so comfortable taking Dalvin Cook in the first round. I'm going to grab his handcuff, Alexander Madison, here in the 12th mm-hmm. round, just to go ahead and lock him up here. In case something does happen to Dalvin Cook, we've seen Alexander Madison take on a full workload in the past couple of years. I think he is, uh, I think he's a big reason that Dalvin Cook is a safe pick in the first round because if you are, you know, having issues or you have something going on here with Dalvin Cook, you have no worries. If you have Alexander Madison, you just go ahead and you take him. I am going to go ahead and take you're my guy, Wes. I'm going to take mm. a shot on Julio Jones here in the 13th round, especially <laughs> given that I have Tom Brady. I have Leonard Fournette. If we get a little trio stack here, a little triple decker, I wouldn't mind it at all. Like like we were talking about, you have nothing to lose with players like this. I mean, this nothing is to just lose. for I'm making potential the dis- upside. Yeah. I'm making the decision right now between Julio Jones or Jarvis Landry or Tyler Boyd. Yeah. It's a no-brainer to me. Yeah, and speaking of no-brainers, I'm going to take someone who has a very good shot to be Kansas City's top wideout. I'm going to take Marquez Valdez-Scantling at the mm-hmm. end of the 13th round. For my last pick of the draft, again, no no kickers, no defenses, I'm going to look through, and I'm going to take a very interesting running back option. There is a lot of confusion as to how Miles Sanders will do with his injury, with the lack of production he's had in a few years. And there's some little buzz going on with Kenneth Gainwell. Nothing to lose. 14th round with someone who could end up being the running back one on the Eagles roster. Kenneth Gainwell, 14th round. At least it's at the worst, it's someone to drop if someone explodes in the next couple of weeks when the season gets started. Exactly right there with you. I agree completely. What I'm going to go ahead and do is I'm going to take a shot on a guy who also like DeAndre Hopkins won't be around for the first part of the year. I still feel great about my wide receivers, so I'm not too worried about his early production, but I do think he could come around in the second half of the year and just absolutely explode. I'm going to grab Detroit Lions wide receiver, Jamison Williams here in the 14th round. I think, you know, he was explosive in college. He did absolutely fantastic. And so I think he's a great value pick there in the 14th, super late. Go ahead and take him. I think he is going to be an awesome player whenever he does come back around. I love it. That's a good point, especially getting players that have a shot to be uh, running back ones at some point that are really good, that are actually genuinely good. It's a good pick, Noah. Totally. Wes, run me down real quick your roster here. Let's go ahead and just do a quick recap here. Picking from the 10th spot in a 10-team league PPR, 14 rounds. Who did you take? Go ahead and run it down for me. I started with Joe Mixon, and then I had Aaron Jones, A.J. Brown, Kyle Pitts, Cortland Sutton, Elijah Mitchell, Dallas Goddard, Tony Pollard, Brandon Ayuk, Christian Kirk, Kirk Cousins, Daryl Henderson Jr. You like that double Kirk? That was fun. Daryl Henderson Jr., Marquez Valdez, Scantling, and Kenneth Gainwell. I like it. Tell me your roster. Yeah, I went ahead and from the sixth spot, took Dalvin Cook in the first round, was thrilled to get Stefan Diggs to come back around to me in the second round. I then bolstered up these running backs with Leonard Fournette and James Conner. I took Mike Williams, who I feel great about as my wide receiver too. I then reached a little bit on my guy Dalton Schultz because I just feel great about him. I love him. I want him on my team, so I took him. I have also then taken Rashad Bateman as my third wide receiver. Grabbed my guy Tom Brady to stack him up with Leonard Fournette. I reached a little bit on Damian Pierce. I took then Melvin Gordon off the board, Chase Claypool, Alexander Madison to handcuff for Dalvin Cook. I grabbed Julio Jones here in the 13th round. And Mm -hmm. then to finish it off, I took Jamison Williams in the 14th round. That is my squad. Let us know if you're you're digging our squads, if you like them, if you don't, who you would have rather taken, who you think was a great pick, who you think was a bad pick, whatever you want to do, let us know. In, uh, in our either comments of our social media, if you want to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, that would be absolutely freaking awesome. We'd love it, if you, especially if you make it funny. We might shout you out like we did earlier this week. But that is going to be all the time that we have for this episode of 4th and Troll Fantasy. We hope this episode helps you out with your drafts. If you got them coming up this weekend, we are six days away from NFL football. 
We have made it back. We're so excited. We're on social media everywhere at Fourth and Troll and on Facebook at Fourth and Troll Fantasy. Look for our mascot, Teddy the Troll. Make him smile by giving us a follow and joining us next time every Tuesday and Friday. I'm Noah Selby. And I'm Wes Selby. And this has been Fourth and Troll Fantasy. Fantasy.